Hey, welcome to Home Church Podcast. It is a good day to have a good day. I'm Pastor Jerry Kuhn, and I want to say thank you so much for joining us today. My hope is that you will respond to the Holy Spirit as he speaks to you in and through this message today. And I believe that he will draw you into a closer relationship with Jesus Christ, where you are passionate about loving God, doing good, and being a friend. I hope that you enjoy the message today. Money. Mm. <laughs> You're like, I knew it. I knew it was one of those churches. All they want is your money. No, no, listen. Next week is our Easter home style. And one of the things that we are doing is we want to be able to uh, place money uh, within the Easter eggs of our students. And so after service, if you haven't already done it, uh, we would love for you to place dollars, fives, tens, twenties, a hundred goes to me, all right? So not in there. You just direct, I'll make sure they get to the right place, all right? So, um, but we love for you to, to help us out. And we, like I said to our, our team earlier, uh, we've had um, uh, someone that graciously gave us money for the eggs, and this is just a way to help out and give you an opportunity uh, to participate in this as well. And, uh, and so please, our teenagers will, from ages 11 and up, they will be hunting together, and they will have plenty of eggs with plenty of money. And so um, I just think it's a great thing. We did this uh, where we were pastors for four and a half years, and one, late, one girl I'll never forget um, I forgot how much money that we had up in the eggs, and, and she walked away with $75, and I was like, dude, that's pretty good, all right? I should have I should have hunted for the eggs. I mean, that was pretty, everybody else had like 20, maybe 15, but she came walking away with 75, and she didn't have very many eggs. She just got the right eggs. I mean, if you guys know, it doesn't take the, the, the quantity, it just takes the right ones, right? I mean, everybody have, what did I say? Yeah, absolutely. I, um, so it's one of those things where, hey, man, she had the right eggs, and, and that added up. Now, now this series, um, for this next three weeks, we are excited about the, and it's simply this Easter. Now, I don't know if you had put any thought to this Easter, but there has been, listen, and when I say this, I'm not joking. Did you know uh, that there are neighbors or friends or co-workers that have already been putting some thought about Easter this year already? Uh, they have already sat down with their family and go, hey, where are we going to go to Easter? What church are we going to attend? Um, they've already put some kind of thought about this Easter already. And some of them have even circled the calendar. And some of those people don't even attend church at all. Uh, but they, they practice. And so they thought, well, hey, Easter is what we do. And so we're going to go to um, Easter this this Easter. And so hopefully you brought some thought um, as we are approaching the Easter season about what God did for us, what Christ did for us. And, um, and so we're excited about that. Um, how many of you guys know, did you know, and maybe you've already know, that the regular attendance for church in America adds up to about 20 to 25 percent of our population? That's a pretty big number. It really is. And you're like, that doesn't seem, I don't want 20%, 25%. Um, it's larger than what I thought. 20 to 25% of our nation's population attends church, is in church today, right now at this moment. Um, and I think that's, that's pretty amazing. But did you know that 55 to 65% of the America's, America's population attends church on Easter? Now think about that just for a moment. 20 to 25 attend church on a regular basis, 
and then 55 to 60 percent attend church on Easter only. Now that's a huge number or increase uh, for us as a church and, and churches in our community, churches around our world that will around America that will find their churches packed and doubled um, on Easter Sunday. And uh, I realize this. Um, just the thought of the possibility of a high attendance within our church here um, for Easter. It, I, I mean, can you imagine 55% of the population of, of America doubling our size just on Easter would perhaps prove that most Americans, think about this, 55% of people are planning on going to church on Easter. It would prove that most Americans still have a religious nature or a sense of religious obligation. There are still... Although there's only 20 to 25% that will be attending on Sunday today, there is still a 30% of population that has some sense of religious understanding and obligation. Or why would they still making plans to attend Easter? They want to attend. They want to participate in that. And so if there is 30, for 35% of people who are looking for a place to worship this Easter... Then my question to you and I today is what are we doing to obtain that 30 to 35% of people who is actually looking for a place to worship? That's the challenge for you today is to think about this Easter. What am I doing to encourage, to uplift, to invite someone to sit in the chair next to me? Um, actually, who am I going to invite to bring a lawn chair to our homestyle Easter next Sunday outside um, with me to sit in a beautiful outdoor area with nice wind? Beautiful. Do you hear the, the declaration and the prophetic words that I am saying today? Beautiful, slight wind weather that we will be seeing having next Sunday here in Oklahoma all right and uh, so invite so I'm going to encourage you today invite someone to be with you next Sunday as well as the following Sunday uh, we are still having traditional Easter uh, we did not want to do away with that we wanted to do something separate and meaning this uh, most of you already have plans you've probably already bought your Easter dress you've you've bought Easter things and and that's what we do that's our tradition around here I mean around uh, in America that's what we do and so on the 17th we're going to pack the inside but next week the 10th we're going to pack the outside of this church and we're going to have a great day so just putting a plug in that invite someone to be with you turn your bibles to acts chapter 3 uh this morning we're going to get started i kind of alluded to this just a few minutes ago uh, this story peter and john and you have heard this on many different occasions, perhaps if you ever attended Sunday school, you've heard this story. If you've uh, been in church at any length of time, you've heard a preacher preach on uh, this subject with Peter and John. And, uh, and so hopefully I can bring something different out to you today and talk about this Easter. This Easter, give what you have. Now, I'm not asking for your money, all right? You're like, you already asked for the money to put in the basket. That's not what I'm saying. Um, and you'll understand in just a few minutes. But I'm asking you this Easter, give what you have. Give what you have. All right? And um, we'll, we'll look at the story with Peter and John, and I believe that it will open your eyes to the fact that there are people who are sitting not just outside of our doors. They're sitting inside of our doors. They're sitting um, at your workplaces. They are writing, um, uh, they're, they're writing with you to work, perhaps. They're, they're 
listen, I'm, they're in your family that are lame. They are hurting. They are in need. And you keep making an excuse. I don't know what to give them. I don't know how to talk to them. I don't know how to approach them. I don't know how to invite them. And I believe that stops today. Here we go. Um, Acts chapter 3, verse 1 through 10. I'm going to stop um, every now and then and just kind of give you an, uh, some update on this story and some things that I believe that God has just dropped into my spirit uh, this morning. And um, so let's look at this. Um, Acts chapter 3, verse 1 through 10, it says, Now Peter, some version says one day, one day Peter and, and John, this one day changed the life of an individual. This one day. Um, and I think that when you and I, this Easter, we give what we have, I believe will change the life of an individual on that day. And so, verse 1 says one day, or now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, which is the ninth hour, or three o'clock in the afternoon. And a man, lame from birth. I, I want you to, to picture this for a moment. A man, he's been lame from since he's got into this world from birth, was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms for those who are entering into the temple. I want you to stop there and think a moment, for, just for a moment. This man's been lame since he was was birth and someone has been carrying him every day of his life every day of his life he had to he had to uh, depend on somebody else to help him every day someone would carry him to the gate called beautiful and send him because he couldn't go inside to the temple so he had to sit outside he would ask he would beg for help this man was in great need. This man was absolutely lame. And someone had to look out for him. Is there anyone in the room that you've had someone that you had to look out for? You were the caregiver. And I, I, I would say um, I was not a direct caregiver of my father or my mother. Um, but I had the opportunity to, to be there and help them in their last of their days living on this earth. And I got to tell you that sometimes that was exhausting and there are some in this room that are caregivers, and there are days that it is exhausting, is overwhelming. And I don't know about these friends who carried him to the gate called Beautiful Every Day. Maybe there were multiple groups. Maybe there were four or five family members that took turns to take him. Or maybe it was just one good friend that got him up every morning and took him to the gate. And that one good friend, I want you to think about it. What happened if he said, I can't do it this morning? What happened if that one good friend would have said, I'm sorry, man, I'm just not able to make it this morning. My car's broke. And he wasn't able to make it to the gate called Beautiful. He depended upon someone else to get him there. And how exhausting that could be for the caregiver. Sometimes we just talk about the layman and we forget about people who've been taking him to the gate called Beautiful every day of his life. So for there, those who are in this room today that are caregivers, meaning those who've been praying for your loved ones, those who've been taking care of your loved ones, even spiritually, I want to say don't give up, don't give in, keep praying for your family members. Keep taking them. Keep taking them. Now, I'm all excited about this. Verse 3, it says, seeing Peter, this lame man who's been there every day, perhaps have seen Peter and John coming to the gate called Beautiful. Now, I have to say this is a unique pairing. Peter and John, really? Now, this is... After Jesus, now you got to think about this, this is after Jesus had resurrected from the grave. This is Jesus, listen, this is already Jesus is ascending into heaven, and Peter and John are teaming up together to go to the temple. They don't have to do that. Why are they doing that? 
It's kind of odd. I mean, perhaps Peter, to me, is an outspoken person, and, and John's not. I mean, John's more of, of, of a laid-back introvert. They show love differently. Peter, his way of showing love is cutting your ear off if you come to attack Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Wham! I'm cutting his ear off. John wasn't like that. John, John wasn't. John's affection of showing love was laying his head on Jesus' bosom. His affection was different. But these two together, of a pair coming together, taking, going to the gate called Beautiful and seeing this man. Now, I got to tell you this. This is what I see today. I see so many different people in this room coming together, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And what happens when we all really come together, maybe there just be this lame man that will be healed. Verse 3 says, seeing Peter, this lame man, seeing Peter and John going to, about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms like he does every day for everyone that walks into the doors. And Peter directed his gaze at him. I want you to look at this for a moment. Peter stops, he directs his gaze at him, and as did John, and said, look at us. It's in that moment that he connected past with the lame man. And at that moment, for whatever reason, he has probably passed this lame man, excuse me, multiple times. But in this moment, Peter looks over at him. He gazed at him. He connected with him. In that moment, he made a connection with someone that he wouldn't have made a, normally make a connection with. And he gazed at him. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. The lame man begins to fix his attention because normally when this happens, someone's going to drop something into my bucket. When someone gets, when I get someone's attention and someone feels bad for me, most of the time they're going to fill up my big basket. And then all of a sudden, listen to this, verse 6. But Peter said, I have no silver or gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. I, I want to read that again. And I want you to underline something for me. If you have your hard copy, if you don't, highlight it on your tablet or your phone. But it says, but Peter said, I have no silver or gold. I want you to underline that. Isn't it crazy that sometimes we begin to focus upon what we do not have instead of what we have? He says, I do not have silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and his ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and, and began to walk and entered into the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him. It was like, who's that guy? recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what they had happened, what had happened to him. Would you bow your heads in a word of prayer? Father, we thank you so much for your love, your mercy, and your grace. And this morning I ask, Father, that you will just continue to guide my mouth. And the words that come out of my mouth, Father, are yours and not mine. I thank you so much, Father, today. That this Easter is going to be different. This Easter, because there are 30% of people that's looking for a church, this Easter we're going to give them what we have. Father, we thank you. We give you glory and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 
I look at the story and man, there's so many uh, things that we could talk about today. We could talk about um, how many times have you bypassed somebody and never gave them your attention? How many times there have been hurting people within your life and maybe you even knew that they were hurting and you never give them a second of your time? Peter and John, in the busyness of going to the temple because it was a part of practice, that's what they did. And sometimes we get caught up into our practice and we get caught up into our religious practice and, and we go through our day to day. We did our prayer, we did our Bible reading and we forget to even just be sensitive to those who are around us. And Peter and John going to the gate called Beautiful, they were going there to pray. And again, when they got there, there was something that happened that day that was different than perhaps the day before or the day after or two days before. On that day, they truly recognized the lame man that was there. And the Bible says not only did the lame man fix his eyes upon Peter and John, but they fixed their eyes upon him. And today, I hope that you and I, we are moved with compassion uh, for the hurting, for the dying that perhaps within in your family, that's in your community, that are working side by side with you, and that you will pay attention uh, to those people and that your eyes will be fixed upon them. And when they ask you for help, because this man was asking for help, she, he was crying out for help. And can I just be, I'm just going to be honest with you. People cry out for help so differently, don't they? Some people will ask you for help. Some people, especially men, they cry out for help so different than women. Women, they seem to be okay with maybe asking another woman to help. I need you to pray for me. Man, I need you to be there for me. And they let their emotions just be open. But men, men don't do that. Men have a really hard time of asking for help. But this man, this lame man that's been there all the days of his life, he was okay. He got used to asking for help. He got so used to asking for help that it was just a second nature to him. And this day it changed his life though because he asked the right person. And the Bible says that Peter and John fixed their eyes upon him and said, look at me. I love it because it's in that moment that we find that there's an interaction between a lame man and a healthy man. A man that has something that he could give and a man that didn't have anything to give. And today you're, you're around those people, right? I told you that in these days that they were not able to go into the temple, but you and I, as even though we may be lame today, you're able to come into the temple because there's healing here. There is deliverance here. There's resurrection power that lies within this body. And I'm telling you today, there are moments that you can come in lame and walk out healed. Aren't you thankful for that today? I'm glad for that this morning. Here's point number one this morning. Is I want you to stop focusing on what you do not have. This Easter is going to be so different. This Easter, you're going to give what you have. And I want you to stop focusing on what you don't have. I'm so thankful that in this story that Peter and John, as they looked at the lame man, they said, hey, listen, silver and gold, I do not have. I'm glad that they didn't stop there. So many of you and I today, we stop right there. Someone cries out to us, someone needs help, and we're like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't have a jack. <laughs> I don't have a spare. I don't have jumbo cables. And those are just, I don't understand, just natural little things. But how about I don't have the right words to say to you? I don't know how to reach out to her. I don't know what to say. I mean, what do I say during this time? I mean, he's obviously going through some difficult times in his life, but I don't have the words. I, I don't have the understanding. I don't, I'm just a new Christian. I've been a Christian all my life, but I still don't know what to say. And we make excuses and we begin to focus on what we do not have instead of what we do have. You know what you have? You have love. You know what you have? You have an ear. You have two ears, actually. 
And maybe you could sit down and listen. You focus on what you don't have. You know, I would love to invite someone to my church, but man, we don't have a cool pastor. I understand that. <laughs> I get it. All right. I know. Focus on what you don't have. All right. All right. Got it. I mean, I wish that our pastor was more eloquent. I get that as well. All right. I, don't quit. Focus on what you don't have. I'm focusing on what you do have. Someone that actually cares. All right. <laughs> Come on. Um, but we focus on what we don't have. Well, I, I don't know if we have the right people in our church for them. I, I don't know. Quit. Quit focus on what you think you don't have. And today, we can make a list, right? Well, I would, I would cook, but I don't know how to cook. I have no cooking skills. Oh, they need, they need this. Oh, I can't do that. And we focus on what we don't have. And everyone in this room, we do that. I mean, you make a list of things you don't have. And, why, and you, what they are are excuses of not actually being involved. And sometimes we don't want to be involved because we don't want to take on the mess. How I many you know getting into someone's life and helping somebody is taking on their mess? I, I love, um, I, I'm the guy that if you're broke down, um, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to stop. I, I like stopping and helping people. I, I love just the way it is. But I know that when I stop and help people that it takes my time, it makes me late. It, oh my goodness. I may get stuff on my clothes. I'm, all those things. And I could sit there and make all these excuses. I don't have time. I don't, I'm not wearing the right clothes. I'm what do you have? This Easter is different. This Easter, you're going to give what you do have. Peter and John says, hey, I don't have any silver and gold, but what I do have, I want to give to you. And that was Jesus. He said, I want to give you Jesus. And, and I think today, isn't that what people are really wanting? People are in search for something that will change their life, and maybe they don't understand of, of what that looks like or how to go about that, but that's what they're looking for. They're looking for Jesus. And you and I have the most valuable thing that lives inside of you and I today, that all we have to do is give them, give them Jesus. Speak the name of Jesus over their life and situation. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've walked into a situation and said, man, I don't know. I don't know how you feel. I have no clue what you're going through. But allow me to pray with you. Can I, can I pray with you? Can I, can I speak the name of Jesus over your situation? I uh, had the opportunity to sit down with the Gideons on Tuesday night. And uh, very soon they will become speaking for us. If you know John Nichols, uh, John Nichols is just a great guy. He taught at uh, uh, Oklahoma Baptist University. And, and uh, very smart, very much of a, a, a God lover, a Jesus freak, if you want to call, call him that. He's just a great, great guy. And I love John Nichols, and John Nichols and I were sitting down, and, and I had the opportunity to meet the president for Oklahoma, uh, Gideons, and his name is Doug. I don't know Doug's last name, I'm sorry, but I met Doug, and we were talking, and one of the things that they do that has impressed me, every time I have ever ate with John Nichols, he would always ask our waitress, hey, what are you going through? Is there, we're going to pray. He would say something like this, we're fixing to pray over our meal. Is there anything that we can pray with you about? It's always impressed me uh, to the point that I've tried really hard to take on that same thing. And, but John, he just, it's just natural. He's like, I, I may not have great tips to give this lady, but what I do have is Jesus. And let me just pray for you today. It's just a simple way of giving them what you do have. There are 30% of people that are looking for a church. And I know you're probably thinking, I, what do I have to give them? You have a lot to give them. You have, them, you have Jesus. 
You see, I believe that in this room today, there is the Spirit of God that dwells so strongly that breaks the yoke. The anointing is what breaks the yoke. And I, you just get them to the temple. Get them to the church. Get them to the church. And I believe that God is, is doing some great things within this, this building that is about to change not just your life, but their life. Peter and John said, hey, listen, silver and gold have I not, but what I do have that is Jesus. And it changed his life. The Bible said that all of a sudden there had been strength within his ankles and his legs. Can you just imagine that? A lame man from his birth never felt that strength before, never be able to walk on his own. And in this moment, he's no longer dependent on somebody. He's independent. It changed his life from asking for help for actually giving help. Instead of relying on someone to carry him to the gate, he was, a, he was actually able to walk to the gate. Can you imagine how much that changed his life? Your neighbor who's been planning for months to go to Easter hasn't got an invite from anybody. And what if you just invited him and he showed up on Easter and something, there's this strength that began to enter his body in the area that he has been weak for so long or perhaps lame. And then all of a sudden, because you invited him to come to church, because you perhaps helped carry him to church, church changed his life. The Spirit of God changed his life forever. Listen, I don't know what you say that you don't have, but there's a whole lot that you do have. We say... I, I want to say it was back at um, the American Legion. I told you that there was a verse this year that I have just hold on to, and it was from Paul, and Paul was just saying to himself or, and to us, as a, he was saying, listen, I just want you to know that I want to know Jesus, and I want to experience the power that raised him from the dead. That has been my motto for the, uh, for the last few months. I want to know him, and I want to experience the power that raised him from the dead. And I got to tell you that, that if that's your motto as well, then I'm telling you, invite someone to be with you in Easter because I believe that they're going to know him and experience the power that will raise them from the dead. Perhaps spiritual death and from the lameness that they have experienced all their life. Maybe this will be the moment that perhaps the bitterness that they have held on to for so long will be gone. Maybe this will be the moment that the pain that they have held on to from something that happened in their childhood will be gone in that moment when you invite them to come to church and they experience the love of God in our service. Hey, this Easter is going to be different. This Easter, we're going to actually give what we have. Point number two this morning. Point number two is give, the, give what you have because what you have is Jesus. You made a list of what you don't have, but what you do have is, is Jesus. I want you to look just for a moment when we look at Peter chapter 3. In verse 6 again, Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have. So I've, I've made a list. I know what I don't have, but I also know what I do have. And he says, I do, what I do have, I, I want to give it to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him. By the right hand. I, I love the engagement that's happening between Peter and John and this lame man. He said, I want to give you what I have. And he reached out and he touched him. He grabbed him and pulled him up and he told him to rise and to walk. 
and everything began to be made strong. I want to just share with you maybe a personal story, if you don't mind. When I was um, just a, a young lad, if that's okay, I, um, there were things that I perhaps struggled with in my life um, that um, maybe even some of you in this room struggled with as well. There was uh, an instant when I was a young man at five years old that something happened to me that I wish would never happen to anybody else. And I will tell you that from that moment, it caused me to be lame. Um, I struggled with a lot of things. Um, I didn't know how to handle pain. I, I grew up really fast. I um, missed a lot of my childhood. Um, man. But there was something that happened when I was in sixth grade that, that I will tell you that changed my life completely, that went from a, being a lame young man to being a strong young adult. And that's when a man by the name of Dennis Stone told me about Jesus. And when he told me about Jesus, he gave me what he had. Yeah. It changed my life completely. Yeah. Now, I say that to you because there are so many people that are hurting. There are so many people that they don't need your money. They need your Jesus. They don't need your money. They need your Jesus. And so, although you'll make a list to say that what you do not have, what you really have, you know, like what Paul said, I want to know him and I want to experience him, experience the power of it. That's what they're wanting so desperate within a life is Jesus. It's Jesus himself. Now, I will tell you today that there is so much to unpack when we talk about Jesus, because the truth is, that is what we're supposed to give. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. From the very beginning, we find that God has been giving Jesus, and he's been asking you and I to give him as well. From the very beginning, God gave Jesus, and it is your and I responsibility to give Jesus as well. Jesus said, I came to give life and life more abundantly. Jesus said, listen, he said, my father, he said, I am the branch and my father is the vine dresser. And man, if you abide in me, I will, you will abide in him. And you will, what? Bear much fruit. There is something that is so powerful about Jesus that when we actually give Jesus away, Jesus changes the circumstance of that individual's life. Why are you holding so tight to him? I mean, holding him to yourself is what I meant. I understand why you're holding tight to Jesus. We all should be holding tight to Jesus, but why are you keeping him to yourself? It's like, this is mine. There's no one else's. Share Jesus. Give Jesus. That's what is, that was the whole purpose of Jesus, was to give Jesus away. This Easter is different. We're going to actually give what we have. This is my prayer. Throughout the week, I've been praying this over your life and over mine, is that, that God will give us God encounters, that God will actually give us opportunities to speak to people that we have no clue who they are or why they are in front of us, but it's a God opportunity. 
It's not that moment. And sometimes it's going to be those moments where you know that God is setting it up. You're like, I, I don't know why I have to go over there to aisle number three, but I got to go to aisle number three. I don't even know if there's anything in aisle number three that I really need, but I got to go to aisle number three. And then when you get to aisle number three, there's someone there that really needs to speak to you. Maybe it's someone that you've, uh, a friend, maybe someone that uh, you haven't seen in a long time, but is that moment where that God has directed. It was kind of like the moment where Jesus was with his disciples, and he says, listen, I must go through Samaria. I have to go, because he knew that there was a God-ordained moment for, for a woman that was at that well. Someone that needed, you're right, Jesus. And you and I today, that is what we are instructed to do, and that is to give Jesus. Pastor Kelly, would you come this morning? Verse 10 said this, verse 8, I'm going to go back to 8, it says that this man began to leap and he stood up and he began to walk and he entered in the temple with them. Something changed in that moment. He wasn't able to go into the temple, but now he's able to go into the temple. Walking and leaping and praising God with, and all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one, the one who, the one that was lame. I've, um, I believe that God's about to change that one that perhaps you never thought would ever change. I really believe that God is about to do something within a family member, within a child, that perhaps you even gave up a little bit of hope on. There's just no way. They'll never come back to the Lord. And I'm believing today that you'll walk out of this building and you say, you know what? I've made so many excuses of things that I do not have, the abilities that I do not obtain, the things that I cannot do. And I'm done because all they really need is Jesus. All they need is Jesus. Would you stand this morning? Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more messages or find our service time, you can visit us at our website, homechurchtecumsa.com, for more information. And thank you again. And until next time, love God, do good, and be a friend. Be blessed.